This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And it's Wednesday. You know what that means. Yes, Dynamite is on tonight. I keep on stealing uh, action coat. No, AEW's catchphrase. This is going in raw. It's the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. And Wednesdays are ass going in raw. We use exclusively your questions. That's right. The patrons at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. And the people who click the join on the YouTube for the channel memberships, we use your questions to, to drive the show on Wednesdays. Yes. It's ask going You're in, in the driver's seat. Stephen Larson. Drive we're, the seat. We're merely yeah. passengers. Yeah. We're we are mere passengers. passengers like Brian Danielson's arm on his body. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, kind of. All right, first question. You ready for first question? First with, question. With AEW in mind, Luis here asks, we're about... Uh, <clears throat> gosh, I just had some Fritos before we start. I got what a mess of a show this is already. Really is, but hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Louis says we're about to be four years in the AEW. What letter grade would you give the company so far, and what would you have changed in hindsight? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh boy, what letter grade would I give AEW four years into its inception? From, How about this? Rather than yeah. lead with the letter grade, let's say what they've done well. Yeah, have it done well. Yeah, things that lie in the middle and maybe through the conversation. <clears throat> yeah, gosh darn it, we could land on a letter grade. Okay, um, so I mean, what they've done well, just from a business standpoint, they have established a, a, a major presence on cable television here in the states, um, where a lot more wrestlers can get paid. There is a viable alternative to the WWE's product. Um, in in a big budget cable television way that we haven't seen till now. Yes, people could have gone and watched Impact, uh, but it's relative to WWE. That's a fairly low budget affair, and then it only goes down from there. Yeah, you can check out you know New Japan, but there's uh, it's not exactly New Japan. Really doesn't do what WWE does. Like it's a different thing. Their programming whereas, model is way different. Yes, right, exactly. Whereas AEW. They do something that is comparable to WWE weekly wrestling storytelling. Um, and from a business standpoint, they have they have I probably I would think exceeded expectations. A lot of people figured, oh, it's a t-shirt company. They're going to be out of business by now. No, they have a, a big money t- cable TV deal. Probably another one on the horizon very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. WBD likes them so much. They gave them a Saturday spot. Um. And uh, so from a business standpoint, A, probably an A plus, 
uh, and so how about this? We break down each good thing right, and each bad thing, and we get and that's we good. assess a grade that's for good. that. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, next, let's talk. Let's talk creative storytelling medium. After all, it is correct. Um, oh, one last thing about the business aspect of it, and that's yes, the 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 financial fortunes of the company itself are are good right now, mm-hmm. seemingly. Yeah. The opposite side of that, from the wrestlers' perspective, the business aspect is it gives wrestlers another place and go to go to make a good living. Yeah, doing the professional wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been a while, quite a while, where a company's come along that can compete for talent with WWE in terms yeah. of handing out large contracts. Yeah, right. And, and AEW is the first company in quite a while that has the capability to do that. So mm-hmm. from a wrestler's perspective, also, I would say business-wise, yeah, a good a B plus or an A. Because, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. All right, creative. Mm-hmm. So there is a stretch. Let's go back a little bit. Inception of the company. There's a lot of excitement. Some of the early creative endeavors, uneven, let's say. Mm-hmm, sure, yeah. Um, there is a stretch... Probably for a good portion of 2021 mm-hmm. to uh, maybe early 2022. Yeah, probably up until uh, CM Punk and MJS story. Mm-hmm, sure. Where not exclusively awesome across the board, but mm-hmm. it seemed like from a creative standpoint, the company really got their feet under them. Yeah. A lot of that I know was also bringing in some high profile names, but you know that was that was when we had the, 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 the Kenny Hangman story, which mm-hmm. is probably still the best story the company's told. Yep. There was a lot of good stuff in that period. Bit of dip in quality of creative through a good chunk of 2022, mm-hmm. especially in the fall and winter. And thus far in 2023, there's been some good stuff. There's been some not so good stuff. I know, especially towards the end of 2022, with the brawl out situation, with injuries. Yeah. There was a lot of upheaval, I'm sure, behind the scenes creatively. Yeah. Um, at the same time, since basically the inception of the company, the women's division has not gotten the spotlight it needs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that is not something they have consistently put any energy into mm-hmm. to rectifying. Yeah. yeah. Developing stories for more women on the roster, giving them more opportunities to showcase what they can do, mm-hmm. giving them more than one match per show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Still needs a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I'd say creative right now. And there's a lot of it. We could go. We could probably spend 20 minutes talking about the creative issues with with AEW because there's mm-hmm. a lot more. Yeah, sure. I'd say creative right now is probably about a C. I'm close to that. I would probably give it like for right now. Right now, I'd probably give it closer to. Right now, I'd probably give it closer to a B minus because I think I think it does have a couple things that are going pretty well. Um, the, the Blackpool combat club, the Eddie Kingston stuff, the elite stuff. Um, I mean, CM Punk's return is still kind of too early to tell, but there's been some, there's been some fun stuff there. And, and honestly, like it's obviously it's a subjective thing, but I also sort of gauge like the general, like number one audience reaction to stuff. AEW audiences are still really hot. It's not like the dejected WWE audiences from, you know, a couple of years ago, when it was like, you know, they're just sitting there and, you know, they're they're antsy and stuff. Uh, yeah. Audiences in WWE are pretty hot right now because the product's pretty hot. AEW pretty, like, they've kept their audience in it for the most part. So let's, that's a good segue to what I think was the next thing we should talk about was is the quality of the in-ring product. Oh, that's an A. 
yeah, you can make an argument <laughs> that AEW yeah. week in and week out offers the best. It does wrestling on television. You yeah. can make oh, that argument yeah. easily. It does every um, week. Every and that's one thing that I don't know if we take it for granted necessarily, but I think I think that it's possible that we take it for granted a little bit because too often we're like, oh man, really good match, you know, and then let's yeah. move on to something else. But yeah. that shouldn't be understated. The wrestling is really good it in AEW. And, and I think that kind of goes with what you're saying about the crowd st- continually being invested. So even when there's kind of fallow creative periods, mm-hmm. yeah, right. the in-ring product is good enough that it'll mm-hmm. generally still get people excited about yeah. following the product. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, A for in-ring product. Let's talk about management. Here's a fun one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've, 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 we've criticized Tony Khan for mm-hmm. not necessarily being the strongest leader. Yeah. Um, I mean, that goes way back to uh, uh, Big Swole's uh, mm, yeah. podcast where she was talking about her departure from AEW, talking about a lack of structure. Yeah. Um, and how that really kind of uh, uh, hurt the company in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it, we still kind of see that. We still see a lot of people going out, talking to dirt sheets, mm-hmm. yeah. spreading gossip, yeah, leaking stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, brawl out. That probably was a byproduct of Tony Khan not putting his foot down yeah, and being a stronger leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've made some adjustments along the line in terms of, of, of helping the structure of the management. They've enhanced the talent relations product seemingly. They've brought in recently Will Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 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 hopefully with uh, more structure in place, we'll see improvements in some of the areas where they obviously need improvements talking about creative talking about especially a uh, uh, leadership from Tony Khan maybe a more structured corporate uh, uh, model will benefit them in the future you know dude I'll be honest with you when it comes to management like yes we've heard a lot of stuff we've seen some stuff I don't necessarily think I can give a grade on that Cause I'm not there. I don't. Yeah, yeah, we've we've heard plenty of things, right? And yeah. obviously, brawl out was a big. It was a big embarrassment. You know, this whole experiment of keeping everybody separate that don't like each other. That seems that 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 doesn't seem all that well suited. On the no. other hand, there's plenty of people who have come out and said the locker room is fine. Things yeah. are cool backstage. It's not like there's a Sammy Guevara Andrade incident every week. Um, brawl out seemed to be. A, uh, a unique situation that stems from personality conflicts that, yes, didn't seem to be managed all that well. On the other hand, look, I will grade in-ring product all day. I ain't a wrestler, but I'm a fan, uh, yeah. and I think that's totally legit. I'll grade the creative because, again, I'm a fan. I know what I like, um, and I'll grade uh, the numbers that I see when it comes to a business because they're public. Management, you make a good point, but... I don't know that I can grade that because it's like, I'm not fucking there. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know fair what enough. I mean? Um, but I think it's a good, I think that's a good thing to bring up, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we can't, maybe it's one of those things where it's not like, hey, we could give the company a grade for this example management, but it can inform our overall final grade. Per chance. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say because like, if anything yeah. else, the, 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 the seemingly the perception, whether it's based on fact or not, the perception is, at times, there has been maybe an absence of strong leadership within the company. Mm-hmm. And sure. that yeah. affects one's perception of the company. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all that being said, uh, I find it difficult to give AEW anything less than a solid B because I think the positives 
I think the negatives are things that really can and probably should be worked on and whether or not they will or will not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Creative, as we've seen in WWE, can turn around like that. You know, uh, we saw that in WCW as well. Creative can can turn around easily. I yep. hope that they do focus in the future on the women's division more. I, I feel yes. like there are, and I've said this before, certain demographics I feel like they should focus on yes. as well. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But, uh, but all in all, like... It's a pretty damn successful company, and uh, we're four years in. They seem to be making money, you know, or they're on the verge of a deal that might be making money hand over fist for them. Their mm-hmm. pay per views always get like around one hundred and forty thousand plus. Yeah, they've got Wembley, which just you know is at what seventy five thousand tickets or something like that. Like across the board, there's a lot. There's a lot about AEW that you got to give them good grades for. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I I can't give them anything less than a solid B. I think a B is a pretty good place to be at because there's room for improvement there. Uh, but you know, I, I can't give it anything less than that. I was thinking of a B minus, but that's not too far removed from yeah, from sure, B. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. We did. Look it. at that. Look at that. Close enough. Close enough. We're pretty close. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I got a question here from John Hosey. John here asked, the Money in the Bank briefcase has lost a lot of its luster the past few years with cash-ins that don't really amount to anything. What can WWE do to bring some mystique back, or is it time to retire the concept altogether? Oh, wow, man. You know what? Uh, who did this question? This was John. This is John Hosey. Guess what, John? Yeah. You get the thumbnail and the title. Should we retire Money in the Bank? Wow. That's a hell of a title right there, man. Controversy. Um should they retire money in the bank? No, no. But has it been misused over the past five years or so? Yeah, absolutely. But again, creative, it can be it can be jump started just like that. I'm really curious to see how they approach it. I feel like they've got a great opportunity this year with Damian Priest to inject some intrigue into an already popular act, Judgment Day, popular with the fans and popular with management, to inject some real intrigue. With that storyline, with everything going on, Finn Balor and Damian Priest and what they have going on, um, I think that this is an opportunity to make Money in the Bank relevant again in a major way. But you look back on Money in the Bank in the past, last year, Austin Theory, complete disaster with Money in the Bank. Yeah. The year before that, uh, was that big easier? The year before that, or was there one between uh, Austin? Dude, don't Theory? ask me. My memory's not good. Excuse the me, year Big E started. had it. We all love that Big E won it. We all love that he won the title, but it was not a compelling cash in. He announced it on Twitter to pop a rating. They had him announce it on Twitter to pop a rating, and then he yep. did it. It was a great moment for Big E, but it could have yes. been an exceptional moment. Yes, it could have been massive. Absolutely for massive. Big E. Absolutely. 2020, Absolutely. they did the fun thing because of pandemic, and that was wildly fun. Um, itself, but again, yeah. Otis wins it. You know, and then they give it to the Miz as a transitional champion for Bobby Lashley. Just lame. So there's yeah. the last three or four years or whatever it is. Yeah. Just not good. No, no. The 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 on the, the men's side. The, pres- the prestige, if you mm-hmm. will, of Money in the Bank has has lost been lost somewhat. 
Now, while you're answering the question, I was trying to wrap my head around an idea of how it could be impl implemented. So there's been a lot of criticism levied against a lot of WWE's theme pay-per-views, Hell in a Cell, for example, where uh, a feud shouldn't motivate Hell in a Cell. It shouldn't mm -hmm. be just a, another event on the calendar. Mm -hmm, yeah. Now, is there a way that they can implement Money in the Bank where it's not necessarily an annual schedule thing, mm -hmm, but with a yeah. storyline? Yeah. Whether it be at a Pierce, where a champion mm -hmm. is, whatever the case may be, but you're like, all right, given the circumstances in front of us, yeah, it's time for Money in the Bank. Boy, that's a great idea. Um, I don't like off the top of my head. I'm sure there are creative ideas where you can you can do that as a as, as a motivating factor, as a story motivation. I mean, but, like the, the the idea of money the bank is unpredictable enough with the cash yeah. ins, the opportunistic stuff, and whatnot. And if you make the very nature of scheduling money the bank per year, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't do it every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unpredictable as well, and motivated by story and not the premium live event calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that alone enough is is something to kind of shake up the formula a little bit. Oh yeah, McMahon shake up. I like it. No, um, that was terrible. We were there for that. We were there for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that's a cool idea. I do think that also, though, Money in the Bank has become kind of like their big five. And yeah, some people has. even I, yeah. refers to it as, you know, a bigger deal than Survivor Series. And yeah. it's hard to disagree with that, given the magnitude of what it is. At its best, it's great. At its worst, it's it's a, a tragic uh, misfire creatively. And there has been plenty of those misfires. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, oh. I don't know. I would definitely say don't retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another idea to kind of freshen things up, have people defend the briefcase. That's a great idea. I like that one. Yeah. You know, it, I granted it's not a belt itself, but treat it like that, you know, where where someone's in a feud who's holding the briefcase and mm -hmm. whoever's challenging them is like, all right. Yeah, put it up. Up the stakes, put your briefcase on the line. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, alone, I, that alone yeah. make it way more unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, you go back to the Edge, uh, Mr. Kennedy thing mm -hmm. where Edge had him, tricked him into doing that. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think that'd be a great idea. Um, I think there are more things you can do actively with money in the bank. I think for too many years, Vince McMahon treated it as not a, a, an interesting story beat, but something, again, to be sort of handed over based on his whims. Oh, I think Otis is funny right now. I think it'd be funny. And, you know, given the madcap nature of the 2020 money in the bank cinematic, yeah. I can kind of feel it. I mean, I mean, that's why I predicted Otis in the first place, because it was like, oh, they're going to do this shit because it's supposed to be a comedy bit. Yeah. Um, and then they just figure it out later. Um, and then you just you're, you're thinking to yourself, OK, how how am I supposed to look at this guy the same way I looked at Rollins in 2014? I just don't, you know. Um, but uh, but no, I, I think that it is an incredibly clever gimmick that for once everybody else in the wrestling industry seemed to rip off, whether it's yeah. it was Lucha Underground with their gift to the gods or mm -hmm. Impact Wrestling with option B or option C, whatever it was. Option C and even option uh, C. Uh, 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 AEW with their poker chip. With the poker chip, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They teased that it had that same thing. Um, I think that it is, you would you do not want to retire it. No. You simply you simply get more creative with it. Yeah, you, you, you keep the essence of what is Money in the Bank. You find yeah. ways to modify it, to keep it fresh, keep it interesting. For yeah, sure. I mean, you could do something like, hey, along with the draft comes Money in the Bank because all these people are going to be switching brands and you want to make that event even more unpredictable. So you do Money in the Bank along with whenever they do a draft, which mm -hmm. I guess has the draft been, has, is the draft like it's been annual, hasn't it? 
Have they skipped a year? Kind of. They skipped like last year. Because oh, okay. it used to be in October, and they skipped it last year, and then just okay. did it in, right after WrestleMania. And they did it right after Mania, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least they have Money in the Bank right after WrestleMania, so kind of it's a reset in a lot of mm-hmm, ways sure. in terms of title pictures and whatnot. It was not yeah. right after WrestleMania. It's a couple months after. Yeah. Um, but at least that's the case. I mean, maybe even bump it up earlier if they're going to keep it its own show, which, mm-hmm, you yeah. know, seeing as it's in league with the major shows the company puts on. Mm-hmm. You know, have it in May or something. Have it be the first pay per view after WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. They did that a couple. They did that in twenty twenty, didn't it? Wasn't it first yeah. thing after WrestleMania? Yeah, it was pretty close after WrestleMania. Yeah. Are you ready for next question, Steve? Next question. All right. This one comes from Heather Wright. Heather asks. So rumor has it there might be a big upset match at Ooh. Money in the Bank on Saturday. Any thoughts on what that could be? Heather says my money is on Finn beating Seth for the new world title belt. I really want that to happen. So I'm like trying not to get my hopes on the up on that one. Uh, but let's examine the other matches on the card. So first men's money in the bank. Um, the biggest upset I could see there is Santos Escobar winning money in the bank. Don't see it happening, but you also have other participants, uh, ricochet. That'd be weird. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I don't think Logan Paul would be an upset, but maybe they would consider that an upset. Maybe uh, the the upset isn't like an underdog winning; it's the fans' reaction to people whoever are wins. actually upset. People would be upset. That could very well be the case because it's probably true. Um, and then, of course, you got LA Knight and Damian Priest. Maybe somebody at WWE would consider Damian Priest an underdog. No, they're the leaders, the 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 the, the front runners at this juncture. Are they, uh, according to the betting odds, I know, is, isn't L.A. Knight number one? Is I believe L.A. Knight is ahead in the betting odds, yes. Okay, all right. I don't know where Damian Priest is on that. I'd be shocked if he wasn't second, but I haven't checked of late. Yeah, same. Uh, well, I don't know. Logan Paul might be second. I don't know. I'll That's take entirely possible. Talk about I mean, the, I, uh, the women's one. Well, in the women's Money the Bank ladder match, um, I would think the favorite would probably be Io Sky. So her winning wouldn't necessarily be an upset. Oh, I think uh, I think the favorite's probably Becky, right? I mean, I'm just ta- I'm just talking about betting odds. Betting right odds? Now. Oh, maybe I was gonna mention Becky. Uh, neither Beck, Becky, or Trish winning would be considered upsets. I wouldn't think. Um, oh no, you're right. No, listen, uh, Eosky is the favorite currently to win. Um, Logan Paul is second for the men, but it's pretty close. But Damien Priest is pretty close after that, and then it falls off a cliff. So it's yeah. LA Knight's the minus two hundred favorite, and then Logan Paul's one twenty five, and Damien Priest is just one fifty, and oh, then it right. falls to Shinsuke two thousand. So yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it falls off a cliff there. Um, also in the women's match, uh, Zelina Vega. She's the only one not involved in a story with other participants in the match. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so uh, you know. If you look at it from a storyline perspective, it makes sense for her to win since everybody else is kind of dealing with other things, any other yeah, right. other storylines. Yeah, and that might be considered a bit of an upset. Bailey is a former Money in the Bank winner, mm-hmm. a former champion. Her winning would not be an upset. Now, when we talk about upsets, if let's say for example that particular Twitter account was literally talking about Vegas odds, Selena Vega is like a two thousand point yeah. underdog. Yeah, so she's in there with like people who are not favorites to win and yeah. the same with like Damian Priest and Logan Paul they're you know they're not far off from LA Knight but then yeah. you have yeah. Shinsuke Ricochet Santos and Butch they're all 2000 2000 plus yeah yeah so I mean even the Usos are favorites to beat according to Vegas they're favorites to yeah. beat Roman and Solo I guess I guess the 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 upset there would be someone pinning Roman as opposed to Solo that could be yeah yeah I um, think but so, oh, along those lines Seth is a 2000 point favorite 
Wow. That would be literally a giant upset. That would be a huge if upset. If Finn Balor won. And I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised w- the odds are that steep. I don't think it's that. Yeah. WWE management loving Judgment Day as much as they do according to Fightful. And it just sort of being obvious. I don't as much as I as much as I value Fightful don't need that report to let me know that WWE management likes Judgment Day. They are everywhere. They are. They are. Um, there's there is a couple of important caveats on the the upset report from uh, a better wrestling experience. And it was this upset would not be in the Cody match or the men's money, the bank match. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so taking those Dom out, would yeah. be Dom beating Cody. Mm-hmm. would be an upset. That would be an upset, yeah. Um, L.A. Knight or Damian Priest or Logan Paul not winning Men's Money the Bank would be an upset. But apparently, neither of those yeah. matches will be affected by that. So you'd think that leaves the Women's Money the Bank ladder match. Mm-hmm. That leaves uh, Finn and Seth. That leaves uh, the Women's Tag Title match, where mm-hmm. I would guess Liv and Raquel would be the underdogs heading into that one. Mm-hmm. And then Gunther and Riddle. So, yeah, either Riddle, maybe Zelina, or Finn, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you I've, go. I have a hard time believing Riddle's going to beat Gunther. I don't. That ain't that. I don't even know. Is that even? Oh, I, I I closed it out. Um, yeah, that ain't going to happen. That, no, that I wouldn't think so. Not going to happen. I wouldn't think so. Uh, Mayor Planet Houston has another Money of the Bank question. What outcomes from the matches at Money of the Bank would create the best stories going forward? What outcomes from matches at Money in the Bank? Well, Priest winning the men's winning the men's Money in the Bank ladder match would probably lead to the most interesting stories. A thousand percent. Yeah. But that you know whether Finn beats Seth or not, although Finn winning would be the more interesting story as opposed to Seth winning. Mm-hmm. But if they have Seth win and then Priest kind of teases a cash in or tries to cash in, and Finn's like, "What are you doing?" You know, I think you're you're absolutely right. I think, and this is not what I would prefer. I prefer Finn to win that title just because I want to see Finn win that title. Yep. But Finn losing and Priest winning is still is still very intriguing. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is. Um, for a couple of reasons. Um, other outcomes. I think Dom beating Cody because of Brock Lesnar makes things interesting. I think it helps Dom. I don't think mm-hmm. it does much to hurt Cody. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I think that would probably be a lot more intriguing. Look. Do you, what do you see as more as more possible? Cody just beating Dom clean with nothing going on, on the outside, no distractions, no nothing, or Brock getting involved, regardless of the upset, or yeah. I'm sorry, regardless of the outcome. Like yeah. Brock's, he's probably going to get involved, right? Maybe. I, mean, I guess the only question is if he's getting involved, will it be during the match? Cost Cody the match, or does Cody win? He's like, yes, mm-hmm. adrenaline in my soul. Then he eats an F five. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that might be too, you know, they like to load up these premium live events with, may, hey, you know what? Maybe they'll do the thing where Cody wins, but then Brock comes in afterwards yeah, and, and you know, beats up on Cody and maybe gets a good reaction if he F5's Dom in the process as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be that could be a fun situation. So I, I kind of expect Brock to be there. Otherwise, where's the drama, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, as far as the women's money in the bank ladder match, perhaps the most interesting story. Like Becky and Trish are going to continue their feud regardless. Yeah, right. It's probably either EO or Bailey winning the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. Largely, you know, it's such a shame because damage control is so cold right now. And part of it is because, like, on Friday, they were supposed to have that match between Bailey and Shotzi, and they didn't have it because of yeah. events. 
Um, but damage control is a bit on the cold side right now. But yeah. maybe that situation would heat up if EO mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Riddle's not beating Gunther. And it wouldn't be interesting if he did. No. Um, the women's tag titles. I just don't know where you go from there. Like another rematch or something. You know, I think there's more intrigue if Liv's big return ends with a loss. And then, I don't know, maybe she attacks Raquel because she's like, you're the reason I got injured in the first place. Yeah. Which is not true, but you can kayfabe that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Uh, the doctor has a question. Was it a mistake to bring Punk back and not put him in a singles feud straight away? Collision fell like 300,000 viewers from his debut and multi-man matches aren't draws historically speaking. So, uh, uh, you go ahead. You can start. Was it a mistake? Yeah, probably. They should if if the idea is Joe and Punk through the the summer. Why not just start that after the the six man tag on the debut? Have mm-hmm. Joe attack Punk after after the match or something? You can have a brawl. FTR helps him out. Uh, Bullock, you know, you can end the show in a massive brawl. Have Joe choking out Punk to end the show. That's a good vision or visual. It's a good visual. And that's intrigue. You're not in Chicago though. That crowd would be hella cheering for Joe. <laughs> no, they were. They were cheering Phil. They were totally behind Phil. When they're Chicago, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Saying, when I'm you're a, out this, of I'm, Chicago, no, I'm saying on the debut. If you end the debut, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the next week. No, okay, no, the debut, the first yeah. one, six man tag. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah. no reason not to kickstart that now or then because then you have the brackets released for the Owen tournament. That's the semifinal match, most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think it probably was. I think the ratings thing is kind of much ado about nothing. There was gonna be a drop regardless, but there was gonna be a drop. It was still the number one. It was still the number one program on Turner, uh, and it only got beat by like a couple of sports things, which mm-hmm. is kind of to be expected, you know. Yeah. Like Saturday's yeah. a sports day, um, so you know, just a hair under six hundred thousand total viewership, a point two one in the in the demo thing that they pay attention to. I don't. I don't know what the floor is going to be. The bottom line is, if it's not compelling television, it's going to drop hardcore. And if they make it compelling, uh, if they go out of their way to make good creative, like we talked about in the first segment, then mm-hmm. uh, it'll probably hover between five hundred and seven hundred thousand. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Turner is probably really happy about that. If yeah. if your number one show on your network on Saturdays continues to be the number one show on your network, you're not going to want to get rid of that. It'll be fine. But yeah, the sooner they get some uh, uh, Phil Punk in a story, a single story, probably the better. Mm-hmm, but it yeah. could be a situation too where it's like you're just coming back off your second injury in about a year. Yeah, it's easy back into this with some tag matches. Yeah, well, right. if that's the case, that's the case. Well, then give us some compelling stories outside of CM Punk. Yeah, hint at some stuff. I mean, I know they're hinting yeah. at CM Punk versus Jay White, but they're not hinting at that very well. Jay White no. seems to be kind of. Uh, a passenger in this particular feud. Yeah. Much like uh, Brian Danielson's what? arm on his body. Yeah, you just won't really want to say that. Kyle here says, I was at both Collision and Forbidden Door in Toronto, and it seemed to me that Punk was expecting booze, but not the amount he got, especially at Forbidden Door. If he continues to get a negative response, do you think he will continue to just roll with it and embrace the role of John Cena in AEW and be a good guy that gets booed, turn heel and steer into the negativity and turn the crowd or just get resentful of the response and either quit or cause another brawl out. Uh, based on what we saw at Forbidden Door, I don't think it's going to be the last option. He seemed to, to relish 
the opportunity to really play into the crowd response. And it yeah. gives him an opportunity to do more than just being kind of boring babyface CM Punk. I think he'll be the C. I do think that he's going to be the CM Punk version of John Cena. They're going to book him against heels. And I think CM Punk is capable enough, more than capable enough, to roll and improvise and uh, and adjust to whatever situation and continue to tell whatever story he wants to continue to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the guy is obviously very savvy um, when it comes to his promos, his wrestling, his interaction with the fans. And I think by doing that, eventually people aren't going to boo him anymore. He's just going to, you know, it's, it's that's that's what it's going to be like. I think he's yeah. going to be he's going to be entertaining CM Punk and I don't think it's going to matter if he's a good guy, bad guy or whatever. Um there are probably some markets that'll maybe always boo him, but I get the feeling that especially and I think it would help if cuz the the AEW, the hardcore fans, they read the Fight Fools and they watch the Going and Raws. Like they'll know when fences are mended i honestly think that there's some of that to it you know i mean i think Mm -hmm. the people that are booing him think that he's an arrogant prick and uh and how dare he come back you know after the after he talks so much shit about their precious company yeah um but i think if you know if he mends fences that'd probably go a long way towards oh yeah yeah. you know time look if the dude's entertaining then nobody's gonna give a shit six months from now yeah that's entirely possible uh, Guardian Ape here asks, has Theory officially entered the realm of the most irrelevant champion in history? Oh, history, no. Of currently, right now? Maybe. Currently, without a doubt, right? It's been on TV in, what, three weeks? It's been three weeks, yeah. Yeah, no, it, without a doubt, right now, uh, yeah, absolutely. He's less relevant than, war, than, I don't know, name another champion. You're name another champion on, on cable champion TV. Um. I mean, they've all been on TV recently. Yeah. Whereas he is not. Yeah. Going through my head here. Yeah. I can't think of anybody who's, who's supposed to be a major champion within a wrestling company that hasn't been on TV like in a month, basically. Like Ronda and Shayna, they're not disappearing anytime soon. No. You no. know, they're they're making that that whole division yeah. relevant. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can maybe. I don't know. He Gallus is more relevant than him, you know, like yeah, in no. terms of within the context of their own programming, especially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he is. Yeah. It's crazy history. That... Okay. But I'm not, I don't know about like super long ago, but yeah. Vince really buried a lot of champions. That intercontinental championship was irrelevant. No matter who had it for the longest time. Really was really was. So it was, yeah, it you took can't forever, say forever. Like it forever, it wasn't even defended on pay per view. I know. Yeah, it, it was a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that whole run of Intercontinental Championship. I'm sorry, that was way more irrelevant than. Yeah, this, I mean, if, if if Theory's not on on TV for like two months, mm-hmm. then we'll three start months, and he drops the belt to somebody else, and they're rarely on TV, and then mm-hmm. maybe you're talking about a situation where they have a, a, a title they don't really know what to do with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Michael Scalamini, so hopefully they got the name right, asks, uh, what is your wrestling moment that got you emotional? Michael says, mine is DIY versus Revival, two out of three falls. Uh, Bianca's reaction to her match with Sasha at WrestleMania. Yep. yep. That got me a little misty. Yep, um, same. 
Uh, Kofi winning at yeah, Mania 35. That was a really nice moment. That was a really nice moment. Um, oh, and Daniel Bryan had to retire. Yeah, that was rough. That one was rough. I'm trying to remember. I know there's been other ones. Uh, but yeah, those are the big ones. Those are the big ones. Yeah, the Sasha Sasha Bianca when Bianca was yeah. Oh, that was good. There was a before, oh, before the know, match started. Yeah, real yeah. nice moment with Zelina in, in Puerto Rico. That backlash yeah. that was really nice yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Foster here asks: After all this time, can you think of any advantages as a viewer to using Peacock over the WWE Network? I mean, there's other stuff on Peacock. Yeah, as a value proposition. Mm-hmm. Peacock yeah. better value proposition because get wrestling content plus a whole bunch of other stuff. It's wrestling plus, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's wrestling plus. Like if you want to watch Yellowstone, you can watch Yellowstone on Peacock. Right, exactly. What was that one with Natasha Leone that you didn't like, but I liked? Oh, Poker Face. Oh, I like Poker Face. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. <laughs> yeah, that's on Peacock. That's good. Night Court, I think, might be on Peacock. We keep saying that, but I don't know. like the old Night Court. Well, the new one is. Oh, I haven't watched the new one yet. Neither have I. Didn't look funny. But apparently it was getting really good ratings for a while. No. Uh, Quantum Leaps on Peacock. So, yeah, there's plenty of stuff on Peacock that's not WWE. But, uh, no, by all accounts, Peacock is a lesser service than WWE. Yeah. Network, the know? user interface on the network was actually pretty good. Search function was solid. Having the, the chapters for the matches was oh, great. Man. That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. And, and like, the search on Peacock is not good. No, it there's sucks. There's no chapter breaks it on sucks. any shows. It's yeah. pretty lame. Yeah, it is lame. So from a user experience, strictly talking about watching wrestling, mm-hmm. Peacock is a massive step down from the infrastructure they had on the network. It is. But if you want to see Quantum Leap, you can't they got do movies on, on WWE Peacock network. too. They got movies on Peacock as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Documentaries. Mm-hmm. As a pure entertainment value proposition, Peacock is better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. As a, uh, In terms of user interface. Garbage. Fart yeah, noise. it's not very good. Not very good. Justin Sider asks, <laughs> is it common to say a wrestler should, it's, sorry, it's common to say a wrestler should turn heel to shake up their character. What current heels could benefit from a face turn? Maybe Gunther. People are already really liking Gunther. But he's so I mean, it, dominant. It, I don't know what the stakes would be against him. It'd be great for Gunther to turn face so that he wouldn't have to stifle laughter all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's you can just tell he wants to laugh be and better. have fun. Um, let's think of some heels that should. Austin, oh, Austin Theory. Yeah. Awesome. I'm sorry, but Austin Theory is the one case. If you watch any WWE social media behind the scenes thing where Austin Theory just gets to be himself. Um, I also saw like a mini documentary where he used to tell where he was talking about like his dad uh, had major substance abuse issues and he was, it was very, you know, it was real. It was like real stuff. Um, if you look at his stuff in the way, like the, the, the more face stuff that he did in the yeah. way. Oh, it's, it's Austin theory. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I really think that there's an opportunity uh, for him because he is such a blank slate right now. Like nobody cares about that guy. Mm-hmm. And if they found a way to motivate a face turn story wise, that made sense. Like if he had a, a, a real humbling, um, I think that, and you just let him be himself. I think that could really work for Austin theory. Yeah, it could. It could. Yeah. That's a good answer. I'm trying to think who else. 
Hmm. I don't know. I feel like from a storyline perspective, a lot of people who are faces are, you know, more or less booked as they should and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. The the only exception I can think of is Santos Escobar. That guy yeah. was magnetic as a bad guy. As a good guy, he's like, he's lobotomized. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kiddo Hudson here asks, how would you have booked the ending of the NWO storyline? So let's go back to Bash the Beach 96. Who's the mm-hmm. third man, brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We start there. Uh, in uh, two minutes, Steve, give me in a nutshell what your NWO story would have been. Oh, wow. Boy, that's hard. Um, so, okay, this is what I would have done. Everything would have been normal through the wolf pack up to the finger poke of doom. Everything would have been fine until then. You go up to the finger poke of doom, and instead of you do that, that match, Hogan versus Nash, is for who gets to control the NWO IP. You know, if if you lose that match, you're no longer NWO. There's no more Hollywood. There's no more Wolfpack. So it's the same concept because they conglomerated them. Yeah. But uh, whoever loses, they have to disband as a faction. And then I guess, you know, you have you have Nash win, uh, Hogan and his crew then disband. I don't even remember who was in like Holly in Hollywood NWO. I remember there was the B team. Yeah. But they, that happened, I think, after the Wolfpack and Hollywood came together. Um, like Steiner was in Hogan's group. Yeah. Um, so Nash is like, yeah, you guys, you know, Nash ends up winning uh, clean over Hogan. Big deal. Uh, and then, you know, Hogan has to skulk away. And uh, in comes Double J Jeff Jarrett. Hogan comes to him, says, brother, known you for a long time. I'm feeling real down, brother, because I just lost the one thing that was precious to the Hulkamaniacs, to the Hollywood Maniacs, and that was the NWO. And Jeff Jarrett says, fine, Hogan, I got this. And he approaches Nash. He says, Nash, I want what you have, NWO. Stroke. Jeff Jarrett then reunites the entire NWO wow. under Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. The Jarrett World Order, the Stroke World Order. And then uh the you know, WCW ends up killing WWE in the ratings. Well, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Did it. If I'll top that, I'll I'll just do stream of consciousness, <laughs> see what comes out. Good. So let's go to uh Starcade ninety seven. Oh wow, okay, yeah. Sting wins clean. Mm-hmm. No fast count nonsense. No finite. No Sting wins clean. Yeah. So the next Nitro, mm-hmm. uh, the NWO, they all get in the ring, mm-hmm. and 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 Hogan's making excuses left and right mm-hmm. why he let the NWO down and lost that title. Yeah. They're like, oh, all right, Hulkster, we hear you. We hear you. Guess what? You're out though. You're done, son. So they attack Hogan. Yeah. He's out of the NWO. Yeah. Kevin Nash takes over. As yeah. much as I love NWO Wolfpack. So there's no NW Wolfpack. It just keeps Doesn't on being happen. the NWO. Yeah, yeah. Their their numbers don't expand to outrageous uh, 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 numbers. Yeah, it stays relatively. I know. You know, at that point, it was a pretty huge group. <laughs> I think at that point, man. Yeah, it really kicked off. Yeah. Um. And and so maybe maybe to get the numbers of the NW down, like the core group, down to a reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. Hogan goes to, you know, his 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 former allies in the group. It's like, yeah. hey, brother. 
Are you are you NWO for life yeah. or are you a Hulkamaniac? Oh, and 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 yeah, Michael Wall Street's like, oh, I'm Hulkamaniac. Hulkamaniac for life, brother. Yeah. And so, at first, NWO's like, it's, it's Michael Wall Street. What do we care? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But eventually, it's like Macho Man. Hogan gets Macho Man out. Big Bubba, he's out. Now there's now there's a problem. Yeah. And so you got the NWO. Uh, going up against the, the uh, uh, a strong Hulkamania faction. Oh wow, yeah. And 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 fighting for the soul of WCW. Oh, that's good, yeah. But guess what? Jackknife powerbomb on Hogan, <laughs> NWO at sold out ninety eight. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, actually makes sense. Nash power bombs uh, Hogan onto the giant toilet they had there mm-hmm. on the set. Yeah. Um, NWO runs WCW now. They are in control. They are in control. Until. Uh Uh-oh. Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) There you go. See, it all comes back. Jeff Jarrett steps up to Nash. The Nitro after Hogan goes through that toilet bowl. Yeah, right. And says, listen up, slap nuts. Yeah. I'm not going to let this company go the way of the NWO. Mm -hmm. I've got the stroke around here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To, to lead WCW into the future. Into the new era. And then essentially you tell the, the Hogan Sting story, but this time it's Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash. <laughs> That's perfect. That's great. We did it. We, we did, did it. it. We no, did you know it. what? Honestly, like I wonder if, they, if, if anybody had the balls over there to actually rebrand WCW as NWO. They really should have done a stretch where like they just got rid of the WCW brand yeah. in total. I think Kevin Nash talked about that recently, how it's yeah. supposed to be NWO Nitro or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. They should they really should have done that. Yeah. They Honestly, what they really should have done was you keep the NWOs a relatively tight group, like maybe mm-hmm. six people. Yeah. And then and then you have them in a legitimate feud against the horsemen. Yeah. You know, the old versus the new. Not just and, them destroying the horsemen every time, yeah. Right. It, yeah, they just murdered the horsemen every single yeah. time. Like, they'd go yeah. into horseman territory, and they'd kill the crowd because they killed the horsemen. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you do. I don't know, people didn't think he was going to be a murderer back then, but you do Benoit, Malenko. Maybe you bring in Guerrero. And it doesn't have to be the four horsemen anymore. It can just be the horsemen. And yeah. I know there's the biblical thing where there's four of them, but fuck it. It's wrestling. Who cares? Yeah. You know, maybe you have six members of the horsemen. Why not? Um, and Flair steps aside just to be a manager. And you you yeah. build a youth movement through the horsemen. Yeah. And they're another cool faction, you know? Yeah. All right, Steve, you ready to lightning round some of these last questions? Let's get after it. All right, Ben Estrada just wants to know top five favorite Sacramento Kings players. Oh, boy, I don't know. That's a lightning round. Um, so uh, Jason Williams, uh-huh. Paige Stojakovic, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you got to go, Chris Weber. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, Mitch Richmond. Yeah. Both uh, day. <laughs> that was that was that was a funny joke back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then uh, I got to go with somebody today, Malik Monk. I love that All guy. Right. He's great. Oh, yeah. Monk's great. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Jackson. Go. Oh, great pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got to go Weber. Yeah. Um, I, I really like De'Aaron Fox. Oh, I love him. He's so fast. He is. He's great. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go back to when uh, the early days of the Sacramento Kings. I'll, go, I'll put Mitch Richmond on there for sure. Oh, the Rock is great. Yeah. 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 First uh, playoff appearance of Sacramento Kings was when Mitch was the best player. Uh, go Reggie Theus. No. <laughs> I was thinking Otis Thorpe. 
Otis, okay, OT, all right, there you go. That's good, that's good, that's a good lineup right there. Good lineup, good lineup. Uh, let's see here, Ryan says, if Drew doesn't return on Saturday, do you think it's a good idea? Oh, we kind of talked about this, have Finn go over on uh, uh, to beat mm-hmm. Seth. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Cat Dad 7 says, Steve Larson has a tremendous gambling debt that he can't cover. The only way for him to get out of it is to, for him to take 10 consecutive bare-chested chops from Gunther. Do you help your friend out? help you how i guess the idea is that you pay off my debt but i thought you were going to get paid by somebody else for taking chops from walter no that's the alternative is my debt will be erased if i take the 10 chops will you show mercy and pay off my debt so i don't have to get chopped by gunther 10 times so here's the thing if this was an alabama slam or a power bomb or something else Yes, I would totally save you from that. If this is chops, you wouldn't let me do that. You would just accept them. So there, there's the answer. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'd be shirtless for like three weeks, showing off the yeah, oh, the yeah. handprints on my chest. Yeah. yeah, but like I wouldn't let you get power bombed. Like for my own interests, for my own business interests. Like you could get really fucked up, and it's like I don't need. I don't want to do that. But I think it'd be a good publicity for you to get chops from Gunther. By Gunther, especially, I know. Yeah, I know, exactly. Uh, Sup John here asks, LA Knight versus Samoa Joe in a Pro Bowl battle. Who gets ugly cry face first? Joe. Yeah, I don't think it's possible for the character of LA Knight to get cry face. No, it's not. No. He's too oblivious. He is. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Lacks any, uh, enough self-awareness to, to realize his feelings have been hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Shavon here says you guys mentioned many times that the 2016 to 2019 NXT roster was super loaded and, and the biggest what if in the WWE could that roster rival the Attitude Era roster in terms of star power let's, let's imagine if NXT roster from that time period went on the main roster and actually had the careers that we thought they could have and should have had I mean you know when you think about some of the names in there I mean you got to add well 2016 when was Joe was Joe pre that he was in that time frame okay I think Joe in there Nakamura Alistair Alistair Gargano and Champa Asuka I mean then we're just talking about the women here you look at the women oh my gosh attitude air is lofty it is I would say if you remove Big guns from the Ruthless Aggression era? Like we're talking Cena, Orton, Lesnar, and Batista? If you take them out of it, Ruthless Aggression had a lot. They had a lot of turnover because they tried to bring up a lot of lumps. Yeah. Luther Reigns, uh, Snitsky, uh, Heidenreich. Like, and that's just scratching the surface. I would say they would best anybody from any era minus the biggest names. And but 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 except for the Attitude Era, come on the the Attitude Era was fucking. I mean, the Attitude Era had two of the most popular names, not just in WWE history, in the history of wrestling, in Stone Cold and The Rock. I know, yeah, Uh, dude, it has one of the biggest names world. It's got it's got the biggest name worldwide right now, and that's Wayne Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the C Bastion asks, "What what could Stephen Larson say to Vince convince him to give up all creative control?" There's nothing you can say to that guy. What what could I, so. I say? What could I don't you think say? There's anything. 
How does it come off like a whiny mark? I know. <laughs> I got God damn me. it, pal. Don't you have a podcast to do? <laughs> right, exactly. Focus on yourself. I know. Uh, Juan Villa, Villa, sorry, says, since Larson doesn't want Steve's celebrity uh, impersonator friends, which are top-notch, can we get Larson to do the Daniel Garcia dance at the end of the shows? I mean... I don't mind doing the dance. If, if you want that as a trade, you get to do the dance, I get... Then I get to put on the celebrity impersonators. No, 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 no. Right, no, no, that's... No, it's not no, you that's get not to do the, the dance, here. no impersonators. No, I think the deal is, is if we don't get the dance, if we don't get the impersonators, then I do the dance. No, I don't want that. That's I don't, the deal. I don't care about the dance. I care about the impersonators. Everybody loves the impersonators. They're literally in my Not DMs. everybody does. That's the issue. They're in the DMs. Well, one person doesn't, and I'm looking it's at It's kind of right an important now. person. You just call yourself an important person. Wow. For, for in, in, in terms of the show, I'm a kind ego, of an important person. What an ego. On in you. the scope of the world, no, I don't matter. In terms of this of this show, yes, I'm an important person. I'm one of the co-hosts. They're in the DMs. You gotta give the people what they want. All right, Excalibur. Um, uh, Dick Dunn. You are you are merely a passenger on on going in raw. Oh wow! I have no bearing. <laughs> wow. Wow, Dick Dunn. What do you think about L.A. Knight winning Money in the Bank and having an extended program with Roman? Not in the cards for uh, Los not in the cards. Tonight. I'd love to see it. No, not in the cards, but I'd love to see it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bucket Dipper, you have to create a going in raw stable, but you can only choose three of the five following wrestlers. Who do you choose? The wrestlers are Von Wagner. Hey, hey, L.A. Knight. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Baron Corbin, hmm. Dom Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Sid. So I we can only choose three of those five. Three of the five. All right. Uh, I would go. Dom's already in a really good faction. Wouldn't use him. Uh, I would go. L.A. Knight. I would go. L.A. Knight. Von Wagner. Baron Corbin. If I'm given the book, I'm going to book Baron Corbin the way he should be booked. I'm going to let that guy. I'm going to. I'm going to give him like some actual fucking things to do. Which he's never had before, since bum-ass Corbin. Uh, I'm going Sid, of course. Of course. Sid, L.A. Knight. Yeah. And then Dom Mysterio. You're not going to go with Von Wagner and have him and Sid be like the new skyscrapers? Von Wagner, Sid. No, No, I'm not doing that. Von and Sid will be skyscrapers. That's what I just said, Von Wagner. Oh, Oh, sorry, I didn't pick Von. Dom and Sid would be Dom, skyscrapers. Dom's not that tall, though. But Dom would be like, "Look at me, I'm I'm six foot ten. You notice Darby wears lifts now? Yeah, because I was like the other day, I was like, "He's not as tall as who is he in a promo with Jericho?" I'm like, "He's not as tall as Jericho." Yeah, I know. And then I looked at his shoes. I'm like, "Oh man, that's a smart move." Yeah, makes him look yeah. taller. <laughs> it does make him taller. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, let me find one more. Uh, let's do this. This could be good lightning round stuff. Overrated versus underrated. Okay. This is from uh, Carlos Diaz. Uh, wrestling streaks. What's an overrated wrestling streak? What's an underrated one? An overrated wrestling streak? Let me ask you this. Is Undertaker's WrestleMania winning streak that important when it's scripted? 
Within the context of the story, yeah. Within the context of the story, it is. Although I think they went like, I don't know, 17 years before they even realized there was a streak. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Or at least it was like 10 years and they were like, oh, yeah, okay. We oh, yeah, something we can actually book a story around. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then yeah. every year after that, they were like, ooh, should, we, should it be this year? Should A-Train beat Undertaker? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Not a chance. Not going to happen. I kind of uh, felt like since it should have, he should have retired. I mean, it's his career. He can do what he wants, but. I felt like if he had retired at end of an era, it's done. Great. I've got it. What? An overrated streak. Bruno's eight-year reign. Wow. <laughs> Bro, it's a different time. It is a different eight time. Eight years might as well be six months back then. Like, what was the schedule? Like, wh- I know he probably wrestled seven times a week, but, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's a re- – like, it, it was just a lot less – I don't know. Like, it just wasn't the same as it is now. Like, eight years back then was probably just as good as two years now. You know what eight years meant? Eight years, they couldn't come up with a compelling idea for anybody else. That's what that shit meant. (laughs) Could be. Could be. Bob Backlund for five years? Tell me, look, here's the thing. They had to do Bob Backlund for five years. Bob Backlund for five fucking years, and people are complaining about one of the greatest. I'm sorry. From a character standpoint, Roman Reigns right now is one of the most compelling things I've ever seen. And they had Backlund mumbling his way through promos for fucking five years. I know. I know. It probably was not that different with Bruno for eight years. Mumbling his way through promos. Probably the same six moves in a match. Yeah. Uh, NWO. So, well, who's the most overrated member of the NWO and the most underrated? Most overrated member of the NWO. I don't know. You know, it's probably probably the most overrated and underrated is probably Buff Bagwell. <laughs> it's probably both because <laughs> he was entertaining, but he was like nothing. Like I don't know. Mo- overrated is Hogan. Yeah, I know, but Hogan was a sea change. He was. I know, man. but then then it. Think about anybody else joining the NWO in that third man. Oh, place. I'm saying, I'm saying, as that initial moment, yeah, it was huge. But then everything became about Hogan, after, you know, shortly thereafter. And then it was yeah. like, all right, it's not about the NWO so much as it's about Hogan. Yeah, underrated Scott Norton. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, overrated and underrated comedy gimmicks. Uh, I hate to say this because maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. I never laughed at Santino. I was about to say Santino as well. I never thought he was funny. So kind of overrated. I thought I, it's funny because I actually think the funny thing about Santino is that I think that performer could have like, I think, I think he had the camera charisma and the comedic chops to go to like being a sitcom. Yeah. I think he really could have succeeded as a comedian, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just nothing he did in WWE ever made me laugh. I never thought it was and funny. Especially in like, you know, his, his role as authority figure and impact. It just, I don't know. It just didn't seem yeah, to fit tonally with what the show was. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just didn't. Yeah. All right. Underrated uh, comedy gimmick. Moppy. Perry Saturn and Moppy. Yeah. I think I think good. people I think that dude ran with that shit. He did. He got it over. <laughs> he absolutely ran. He got with it, it over. Yeah. Is it possible that Orange Cassidy's gimmick is still somewhat underrated? I think people focus on the comedy aspects and don't focus on what a damn good wrestler and storyteller he is. I think you're right, yeah. I think you're right. You know, one one sentiment may I think I wonder if it's like oddly like low key underrated because be. people don't talk about how he stay. I have not I have not seen very much sentiment online. 
people saying that he's that he is stale. Yeah. And I I thought that'd be like an easy knock on him. I know. But I I, know. I, I wonder if it's because he isn't. You know what I, I mean? Like yeah. that's just not something that enters people's minds. All right, we'll end with this one. Overrated and underrated match ratings. What's a match you think that the 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 rating is too high and what's a match you think the rating is too low? Oh, I think the whole uh what? Shawn Michaels Undertaker that got four and a half or four and three quarters. I think that was that should have been obviously the five second stars. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should have been five stars easily. Or no, the first one. The first one didn't get five stars. I think. Whatever the better. Neither of them got five stars. But neither of them got five stars. But it was only got four and three quarters. The two. Yeah. I think end of an era should have got yeah. five stars. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those WWE matches. Like, come on, it's five stars. Give me a break. I know. Um, overrated. Oh, psh, I don't know. What did did he did he give something seven stars? Um, was it Kenny and and uh, 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 Okada? Did Kenny Okada four get seven? I think so. Or one where Kenny like finally six. won. If anything got seven stars, and just like leapt frog six and six and six and a half or whatever, then your your scale kind of doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. Great think, match though. Did that get seven man? Seven I think stars? So. I think it, it did. Okada Omega seven stars. I'm just gonna put this in here. The highest ever rating is seven stars awarded to Okada versus Omega Dominion. Yeah. Mm. No. You think five and a quarter is more appropriate for that one, Steve? <laughs> I'm just saying, was it a full star better than their first match? I'm because the first one got six, didn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think the first one got six. The one that and we saw the, at Wrestle Kingdom, and then the the time limit draw one got six and a half, I think. And then the the Dominion one got seven. That yeah. one didn't even have a winner. It's true. <laughs> How can it be better than the one that someone actually won it? Right. Exactly. So if anything, that match is overrated. That's a good point. Yeah, that should have gotten like three and a quarter. <laughs> no winner. These words, and not a, mine. Hey, guess what? It went too long. No winner. <laughs> Three and a oh, quarter. You said dud. Oh, three hey, and man. Hey, I want I want on some of this controversy that you're generating in our star ratings. I'm not video. trying to generate controversy. I'm just trying to be real with my feelings. Oh, oh man, I want a piece of that controversy. All so, right, yeah, there you it. go. There you go. I like it. Anyways, that's going to do it for us, Stephen Larson. Thanks, everybody, for chipping in your questions. If you want your question answered here on the show, hit us up on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, or by clicking join on the YouTube at youtube.com slash Stephen Larson. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.